Welcome back to the Right to Food podcast. I'm Shane and I'm part of a team of young food ambassadors from across the country working with the Food Foundation to create better access to good food for everyone. Each week on the Right to Food podcast we find out how COVID has revealed so many gaps in the system that we want fixed. But before we meet my colleagues Faith and Felix who are taking us to Sanat this week, a word from Dame Emma Thompson. Hello, I'm very honoured to be one of the ambassadors for the Food Foundation's Right to Food campaign. And I'm honoured because all my fellow ambassadors are young people who have lived experience of what it's like to be on the breadline. And COVID-19 has revealed serious gaps in our food system. And these kids are determined to do whatever they can to grab the government's attention and to change the way in which we provide for Britain's most vulnerable children. You've probably seen them join forces with Marcus Rashford's campaign to end child poverty. But here in these podcasts, you can hear the real life stories behind the statistics. I do urge you to listen. They're incredibly powerful and moving and actually inspiring stories by some very powerful, moving and inspiring young people. Enjoy. Thank you. And thanks for your help. Hi, I'm Felix. I'm Faith. This week we hear from parents of Margate who have joined our Kitchen on the Isle of Thanet, a members club which makes food affordable and cooking it accessible to some of the poorest people in the country. These prices would dramatically help um, and the food is really good food. Our Kitchen is the brainchild of 69-year-old Sharon Goodyear who has been running pop-up food banks for over four years. Our Kitchen is her dream. A rent-free permanent members food club, packed with tins of beans and lentils, meat and dairy and surplus fresh vegetables from the local farms, piled in the window of a disused hairdresser's in the centre of Margate High Street. I just walk past and I see all the lovely fruit and vegetables in the window and I, I just wanted to find out what it was all about really. Sharon explained where her idea for affordable, healthy food clubs first began. Four years ago, I was sitting on the loop bus and a mother told her children what they were having for tea. They were having hot dogs, alphabet potatoes and scotch pancakes. Now, I had just started a retirement and I was bored silly. So I thought, hmm, maybe there's something worthwhile we can do here. I just thought she ought to have somewhere else she could spend her money where she had a bit of help, a bit of support, a bit of love and kindness and a bit of education. She tapped into the underworld of food in Britain where feeding our children healthily is almost impossible for 14% of the population, according to the Food Foundation. Yeah, trying to feed my toddler the right food is so expensive. My partner does work and we get a top-up. The universal credit top-up isn't much. They want us to eat healthy, but fruit and veg is so expensive. But sometimes it's cheaper to get a cheeseburger from McDonald's than what it is to buy a pint of strawberries. That's the constant battle. But Sharon has the answer. With her team of volunteers, she gathers surplus food and makes it into delicious ready-made meals and recipe kits, as well as filling the shelves with leftover tins and packets. Firstly, I've been in the food industry. I know how to buy really well. Um, We use fair shares, good offices. Um, They help. They are very, very supportive. 
we also we go out into the fields and we glean. So at the moment, I've got huge quantities of lovely fresh potatoes from the Kentish fields. We've been out into the orchards picking apples and pears, which isn't a bad thing to do on a glorious autumnal morning. Um, and then we add value to that product. So we turn the pears into pears in red wine, we turn the apples into apple crumbles, and we turn the potatoes into wedges. So that helps people. It just gets them over the hump of the inconvenience of using fresh fruit and veg. I don't like to talk about waste food because it makes it sound as if there's something wrong with it, and there jolly well isn't. Um, it's overproduction. Give the supermarkets their due. They have provided good food, well, sort of goodish food. Some of it's very good, some of it isn't, for um, an awful lot of people for a large number of years. They've made sure we all add food. But if the food they sell us makes us ill in the long term, we can't just accept it. You just can't. And this is not about telling people they ought to go back to the kitchen if they don't want to. This is about simply enabling people to do what we all should be doing, which is eating better. It's finding ways through. Um, we won't have got it all right, but we're having a jolly good go at finding other ways to do things. Kate is a member of our kitchen and can now afford to feed her family well, thanks to the incredibly low prices. You can get a weekly shop for about £11-£12 for food, um, and then just go out and get my usual everyday toiletries, so it's really helped. In fact, because it's tins, I can do quite a big shop, um, and it lasts all month because it's all tins, so yeah. She's found it a godsend in her busy family life. My mum's living with me. I'm caring for her now because she needs it. Um, I've got um, a teenage boy who's 16, a boy who's five with learning difficulties, um, challenging behaviour. Um, so I run around ragged. <laughs> the stigma of poverty is grinding. There was a time I went to the supermarket and I didn't realise I didn't have enough money in my account and I had to put all the shopping back and I just cried. And then a lady offered to pay for my shopping but the person had already cancelled it at the till and I just ran off crying. I was so embarrassed because everybody was feeling sorry for me and I didn't want them to feel sorry for me. I just wanted the ground to swallow me up and run, you know. There's lots of people here, really helpful. Um, it's friendly. You don't feel like you're poor either you just get in a bargain that's, that's it I, I feel like I'm getting a nice bargain I can go home and I can cook meals and I even last time I came my friend was really not very, very well off at the time and she had about a week till payday I bought her food for the week for her three children and my food and we managed to survive Karen is a mother and a grandmother and chanced across our kitchen that morning as she was walking down the high street she sees that this could be a lifesaver for her own daughter. Well, I have six children. Um, uh, one of them lives in Margate with, with, with us, and she suffers from anxiety uh, on benefits, doesn't go out much. Um, she's got three children, one of them whom lives with me, but she's got two other small children. Th this sort of place would be fantastic for her, but she will struggle to come in because of her anxiety problems. 
Um, she doesn't go out much, so therefore, apart from the children going play school, they don't go out much. I normally go and get them and take them home, take them places. And um, a, a place like this really does help because I'm feeding them as well. Delivering affordable good food to the community means much more than putting food on the table. I have spent four years delivering pop-up activities that delivered good food education for people in Thanet and good catering very cheaply. We have built our reputation for delivering good, tasty, seasonal, local food very cheaply. We also, back in February picked up the baton and delivered for four months 2,000 quality food bags all over Thanet. We worked with the local authority, we worked with all the food banks, we took the lead. We raised £82,000 over four months to feed Thanet well. We did it with simply assiduous attention to grant applications and... We seem to have an ability to bring people together around a common cause. Sharon understands the wider needs of her community. Karen would love to bring her daughter to our kitchen, but it's tricky. Because of the anxiety, there probably would be too many people in here. She doesn't like wearing the mask. She's got uh, like health restrictions, asthma... Um, Although I do take her shopping once a week, but she struggles. I, I, I'm going to speak to her when I get home because, and I shall come try and come down here with her. These prices would dramatically help her, um, and the food is really good food. And it's not just the prices that would help Karen's daughter. Sharon has brought together a team of volunteers to encourage people to feel at home and explains how she signs members up. When, when people come in, uh, if they're not registered, sometimes they stand at the door and look very nervous and don't know whether come, they want to come in or not. So we welcome them, explain a little about what we're about as a, as a private food club. Um, that we're trying to encourage healthy eating and affordable healthy eating. Um, so we, we uh, take a few details um, of what they're about, uh, what their food needs are, uh, what they like to eat, what they would like to eat if, um, if only it was affordable, which it often isn't for these people. Generally, uh, they are happy to give that information once they can see that we're not... Uh, we're not a, a government agency or anything, you know, very official. Jeff says it's all about a smile, even behind a mask. You, you just try and be warm in your greeting towards them. Um, tell them, try and provide them with, with whatever information you think they'd like to know about the place, what it does and why. And you just make try and make them feel welcome. That's it, really. That's all you can do. I mean... Sometimes you see people looking in through the window. So I know we all sometimes go out and just say, explain to them because they're looking curious. Delivering food boxes in the community has given Ben a real understanding of what life can be like for the poorest. During the summer when we were delivering food bags to people during lockdown, um, pulled into this little cul-de-sac, um, getting bags out of the back of the van, and this um, little girl came running up to me who was about six years old, really excited, a big smile on her face saying, have you got our fruit? And that, that's, 
just wrong. You, 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 shouldn't, you shouldn't be hearing things like that. She shouldn't get so excited uh, about a, a little bit of vitamin C or a little bit of tasty food. It's, I got back in the van and I nearly wept that time. That, that, that was really horrific uh, for me. And it just made me more determined to help, really. The Food Foundation has found that the food environment makes it too difficult for typical British families to choose a healthy diet. Healthy foods are three times more expensive than unhealthy foods. Over half of of adults are overweight and obese. 5% have diabetes and one third of five-year-olds have tooth decay. The UK has the third highest rates of obesity in the EU. As a result, Sharon's hardcore and only stocks tasty, healthy food. We do not sell crisps, we do not sell sweets, we do not sell fizzy drinks. I thought everybody would think I was a miserable, curmudgeonly, absolute depressing sort of person, but they don't. All the, those choices, those ways of eating badly that make profit for other people on our health have all gone. They cannot make a bad choice in this shop. We are here to support all those people who have read for years that they should eat more fruit and veg, that they should eat better, but they don't know quite how to do it. They've sort of got an idea, but they don't know how to finish it off, how to deliver on that idea. And there are any number of hiccups between them and the outcome, that desirable outcome. They could not have enough money. As one mum said to me the other day, I have got this right, haven't I? The government does want us all to eat more fruit and veg. And I said, absolutely. She said, well, why don't they make it cheaper then? I mean, rock bottom common sense, that. Kate enjoys cooking for her family. And with prices like this, she's filling her boots. But it wasn't always so easy. I had to go to a food bank when the shops were empty and I couldn't get pasta or rice. I couldn't get flour to make the pasta because I'd found a recipe on how to make it. Um, I think when, I believe, when the the outbreak started, they should have made sure that people were only taking one of each item right from the beginning because we were stuck. I had, um, because I'm lucky enough to be part of a church community, that they were bringing food to our house from local farms and things. But that was a very difficult period. Kate's resilience began to grow in the kitchen. I wasn't working at the time. I only got my job in September. So prior to that, I was caring for my dad. So I needed to cook on a budget. Um, So I was going to this cooking course that I'd actually just bumped into at a Shore Start Centre for the children. And I just happened to hear about it and think, I'll try that. So I went along and we all cooked together, ate together. And I've got real basic ingredients that can make really nice food. And then I can come here and get the ingredients. So everything's starting to work together. It's just a matter of education. And education comes free at our kitchen, where Sharon uses her skills as a former food industry boss and head teacher to encourage her team to bring their own passions to work. Gita is one of the members who's developed recipe cards to inspire members how to make more from the food on the shelves. The idea behind the recipe cards was to share with our members and supporters and friends some interesting recipes based around core ingredients which are available here. So, for example, we have tons of butter beans, peas, 
there's rice, there's pasta and stuff like that. We also get a lot of fresh fruit and veg in. And so, we, so to encourage people, to give people ideas of what they can do. So all the recipes are very healthy, they're very nutritious. We think they're delicious. Um, we've done one with a butter bean soup, but you could replace the butter beans, for example, with peas. We've done something with butter beans, chorizo and, and bacon. And we've done a, a tarkadal uh, recipe because not a lot of people know how to make a tarkadal. And the butter bean soup in particular is going down a storm. Becky, who's one of our members and volunteers, and she made the butter bean soup and it's become... And her son Joseph, who's five, five or six, he loves it. She said it's become the new favourite in their house. So that's the whole idea is that we want, you know, the kids to also, you know, enjoy them. We had a lady yesterday who's, who took away the butter bean soup kit and then she came back to get a red pepper because she was inspired that, oh, I'll add a red pepper to the soup, you know. And the customers can't get enough. Last week, my friend works here and she actually advised me to get the butter bean soup for 45p. Um, everything you need is in the bag. It's the first time I've ever tried butter beans, let alone making a soup. And it was absolutely delicious. It made about four, four bowls for me and two for my daughter, who's three, who is funny with vegetables, but she absolutely demolished it. And she's asking for more. So you'll be making that again? I will, 100% I'll be making that again. More than once. And as word gets out about the delicious and affordable new flavours coming out of our kitchen, Gita is taking it up again with some Indian recipes. People's ideas that, oh God, it's going to be spicy, it's going to be hot, you know, which is absolutely not the case. You know, it's a spice by itself, it doesn't create heat. You know, you can add chilli powder and then that makes it spicy and hot. So that's why I've kept it very simple. So something like this tarkadal, someone, a child like Joseph, and I know, I mean, I told Becky, I said you should try it because I know he would love it. And it's extremely nutritious. Lentils are so, so healthy. New cook Kate has gained so much confidence in the kitchen that she's even started writing her own recipe cards for our kitchen. I've, I've took pictures of how to chop the veg and, and how to do the meal. Um, and it's a, a meal that they... It's a chickpea peeler that you can cook for at least eight people for £1.30 from here. Instead of ping food and junk culture, our kitchen is a place where people can try out new flavours in free ways. You've got to have a variety of approaches. Some of our members want to come in and cook from scratch. Some of them want to come in and want a kit to do it. And some of them want a product that's made already. So the apple crumble comes in a recipe form where you can get the ingredients from scratch. It comes in a kit form and it comes as a made product. Now, it's not just one person will buy one. People will buy this version one day, next week they'll buy the other one. And you don't need a huge range. Families rotate meals. They have seven, eight maybe main meals that they eat regularly that the whole family likes. My definition of success is if I can go back to Thanet and say, OK, um, are you eating one of our meals in a kit form or from scratch or as a product once a week? The products we develop are delicious. They're not just good for you, not just affordable, but the most important thing is that people want to eat them. So product, food product development is not taken seriously enough. It's, um, and I'm not talking about another flavour for Kit Kat. Um, I'm talking about seriously going back to basics. 
and developing ways to make dishes that are quick and easy and delicious and nutritious and affordable. It's a big ask, but it can be done. Sharon's aim is revolutionary. She wants to show that her private members' food club could be an example of how to change the entire food system. The food industry was not set up to support us in eating better. It was set up to take money from us. I don't think people should be having money taken from them and paid out to supermarket shareholders. I think all the money ought to go into supporting them eating better. This is a new concept, a community coming together to feed those members who have struggled to feed themselves better. It's about bringing a community together around a common need, a common want, a common wish, somewhere that is safe for us to buy good food. I don't know if anybody else is doing it, but... We can't do it on our own. Me and the team of volunteers can set it up, but then we want the community to own it. You can't get things right for other people. They have to do it for themselves. So we're opening a second shop, a second food club in Ramsgate, and we're setting up a management team of customers, of members, who will run this one. There is very little real expertise. The expertise comes in the buying and the original organisation. But once you've set it up and once people understand that manufacturers and retailers of food take money out of the food chain, they sell you the products that have the biggest margins, not the products that make you healthiest. We were making apple crumble. I went back and had to look at my oppositions, other manufacturers' apple crumbles. Did you know that apple crumble is now apple pieces in a sauce? In a sauce? What sauce do we put in apple crumble then, folks? Well, the sauce is cornflour and water, um, a gel which you suspend bits of apple in. Well, blow that we just put apple in our apple crumble back on the shop floor karen has signed up as a private member ensuring super low prices and plenty of ideas of how to cook healthy food for her family one of the lovely ladies have told me everything that um, they do here um, i'm interested in the healthy eating um, i'm not a very healthy eater there's lots of things i won't try sometimes it's down to the price but in here, it's so cheap that even if you didn't like it, it wouldn't be so much of a waste of money. Like, there's chickpeas, um, there's even things I don't even know what they are. <laughs> the recipe cards are just what she needs to learn how to feed her family better. Um, the only way I'd find out how to actually cook something that I wasn't aware of how to cook, because I've never cooked it before, is either by somebody telling me or even written down would, would, would be really good because then I've got a very bad memory. So therefore, if it's written down in black and white, I can read that for myself at home and cook it at home. So, and 
lots of things on the shelf. You know, I know how to make a stew, but you don't always put everything in that you can because you haven't got it at home. And her shopping basket is packed. Um, I've bought um, some carrots, some apples. Um, I don't know what I put in the basket. I've bought a ready-made meal that I can make at home uh, with the instructions, which is fantastic. Um, I've bought some lentils, which I've never bought before. Um, I've bought some cooking oil. (laughs) It's going to be a lot cheaper than it would have been in the supermarket. And I'm hoping I might be able to get one of those homemade apple crumbles. I can see. (laughs) Sharon's not surprised to see such joy in Karen's eyes above her mask. She meets people like Kate and Karen every day. We are doing the job better than the supermarkets, yes? If you people are aspirational to eat better food, the supermarkets and the manufacturers are locked into systems that they can't get out of. And they cannot sell the sort of good food that we're selling all Yes, rich people do want to come and buy from us. And no, I will not sell to them. I am only interested in selling to people who try so hard to eat better and are not supported in doing so. Believe you me, you want to buy our apple crumble. It tastes better than anything you can buy in any of the supermarkets. There is no sauce in our apple crumble. It is a fantastic product that we sell, nearly 400 grams of it for £1.20, because we got the apples for free. So could we see examples of private food clubs for the poorest communities right out across the country? Yes, this could be a really big national, international deal. Essentially, what we're challenging is the occupation of the food supply chains and the the occupation of that space where people sell food. If you think back, food factories weren't born hundreds and hundreds of years. They weren't there. Food factories only came into place when people discovered that by doing things en masse, that they could make more money. Nobody did it for the benefit of the community. They did it to make more money. Um, The food supermarkets, they keep changing their model. I don't think I've ever heard of a food supermarket that changes its model in any way to benefit the health of the people who buy from them. All I ever hear is about marketing, And most of our customers know their marketing messages through and through. They don't know much about nutrition. So we were talking about vitamin A the other day. Um, I don't think I've ever heard of a supermarket that runs nutrition programs that helps its customers understand about food. Um, When I was a food manufacturer... Um, one of my one of the stores I sold food to um, asked me for an awful lot of thousands of pounds to promote soup, um, computers for schools. Um, I don't remember that I was ever asked to tell anybody anything about the benefits of eating the food I was manufacturing. 
Everything was to support marketing. Sharon has lived with Parkinson's disease for 20 years. Where does she get her energy? You have a simple choice, don't you? You can mourn what you have lost, or you can get up and get on and do what you can with what you've still got left. Um... It is challenging, but I do the same as everybody else. I get up in the morning and do the best I can with the day. Um, It's best not to think about it too much, so it's best to stay busy. And I love what I do. With such a revolutionary spirit, will she ever be able to let our kitchen go? No, I must let it go. I'm nearly 70. Um, This is... I have struggled... To get to this point, I have delivered. We're now doing a range of meals that I'm calling. Shall I tell you what we're having for tea? Because that's what that mum said to her kids on the bus. So I have come full circle. I have delivered what I set out to deliver. Other people will pick up young, my team, all of them are younger than me. They will all pick up the baton and carry on. For Karen, who walked into the food club this morning for the first time, it's been a life changer. Did she have any idea that was going to happen? No, I just walked past the shop. It's It looks lovely, it's exciting, and I've had a really good half an hour in here, and I can't wait till I come back. It's great. The COVID-19 virus has changed our world in many ways, but we are more determined than ever to explain why the government must do everything it can to assure every child in the UK has access to a better diet. Marcus Rashford's End Child Food Policy campaign shows the importance of listening to children and vulnerable families who have shared their experiences of food poverty. It's not an easy thing to talk about, but it's so important. And we can see that government is now finally taking notice and listening to their voices and are changing their policies. It's also hugely raised awareness right around the UK. The good news is that the government has now pledged £400 million that will improve the lives of more than 1.7 million children over the next 12 months. But we still have a long way to go to ensure that no child in the UK suffers food insecurity or goes hungry. We've updated our charter recently and it would be great if you could take a look and support us at foodfoundation.org.uk or follow Right to Food on social media. And please keep listening to and sharing our podcasts. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening.